Hey everybody, before we dive into the second week of our series called New, I wanna remind you that two weeks from now is Easter weekend, one of the best weekends of the year to bring people to church. On that weekend, we're starting a brand new four-week series about Jesus called I Am Jesus, because Jesus made at least seven very specific I Am statements about himself. And we're going to look at those stories and see the power of who Jesus is. On Easter weekend, if you hit a dead spot or a dead end and you need hope, you're going to find hope in the truth that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. For those of you that don't know what to do and have a decision to make, week two, you're going to see that Jesus is the good shepherd who guides the sheep. If you find yourself in a dark spot in life, the good news is Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And the fourth week, if you just can't seem to get the Christian life right, you're going to find out that Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and you need to abide in Jesus. That series starts on Easter weekend. Let's now go to week number two of new. Beautiful. It's not a word I'd use to describe myself. I wondered why anyone would ever love me, much less like me. I didn't even like myself. I felt so empty and alone. So I used anything, anyone to fill the void. But God saw more in me than I did. And now I have changed in the best sort of way. I'm permanently marked. Christ made me new. Hey everybody at all of our live churches, network churches, and church online family from all over the world. We are in the second week of our series called New. I'm guessing that some of you will hit a point in life like I often do where you feel like I just need to, to start over. I wish I had another chance. Um, at my house, whenever I'm playing games with my second son, Buki, his real name is Stephen, but we call him Buki because his older brother called him Booby, and that was unacceptable, so we changed it to <laughs> Buki. Uh, whenever I'm playing a video game with Buki and uh, he doesn't start well, he just hits the reset button every single time. That's what he does. Uh, we have this little basketball, um, little indoor thing with a net where you shoot and it keeps score. He beats me every single time when I'm playing my hardest, which really makes me mad to get beat by a nine-year-old. But if he misses the first couple shots, what do you think he does? Starts over. He resets. Where did he get that from? What do you think? From me. <laughs> because if I don't start right, I want to start over because I'm very, very competitive. The good news is in life, if you start going down the wrong way, you're not stuck with it when it comes to God, that through his son Jesus, he can actually give you a new start and make all things new. Let's review our key verse from 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. I love this verse so much. Paul said, at one time, we thought of Christ from a merely human point of view. In other words, so many people do that today. They're like, well, Jesus is a good moral person or he was a good teacher or such. But Paul said how differently we what? Let's say this aloud. How differently we know him now. It's not that we just know about him, but this is a relationship. He says we know him now. This means that anyone, doesn't matter what you've done, how bad you've messed up, but anyone who belongs to Christ 
has become a what? They've become a new person. The old life, guess what, is gone. God doesn't remember it anymore. He casts all of your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. This is incredibly good news. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. We're in the second week of our series called New. I want to tell you what we're going to do today and next week. Uh, next week, we're going to talk very specifically about what do you do when you know you're new in Christ, but you don't feel new. What do I do when intellectually I know it, but my behavior and the way I live doesn't always match my beliefs? I don't feel new. Today, I want to do what we did last week, and I want you to hear from some of our different Life Church pastors. Uh, we have 15 different Life Church locations, and each one has what we call a campus pastor that leads and loves um, on their campus. And so I want you to hear from them some stories about new life. We're going to start today in Owasso with Pastor Tim Doremus, a very powerful story that I call a second chance at life. Thanks, Craig. You know, God is doing some amazing things at LifeChurch.tv, and it's an honor to be a part of those. And God is changing so many lives. One of those lives is Tommy Cannon. I met Tommy and his wife, Melissa, at our Open Door event, and they sat across the table from me and told an unbelievable story of life change. Six months ago, Tommy was in a motorcycle wreck that changed his life. It broke his back, it broke his neck, it broke his sternum, it broke his ribs. He was life-flighted to the hospital where his wife, Melissa, and his family met with doctors there who said, you know what, Tommy may not live through this, but if he can just make it for seven days, there's hope. Tommy did make it for seven days, but on the 10th day, he had an aneurysm in his brain that led to having a coma. Tommy was in a coma for a while, but one day, God opened his eyes. A couple days later, Tommy was able to raise a hand, and Tommy's family knew that God was at work in his life. But you see, before now, Tommy had never even believed in God. But there were thousands and thousands of people around the world who were praying for Tommy when they heard his story. One day, as God was healing Tommy's body, he did something even more. Tommy was in the hospital laying in the bed, and there he had a very real encounter with God that changed his life. In fact, when his wife Melissa walked into the room, he said, when I get out of this hospital, the first Sunday that there is, I want to go to church. Tommy made good on that promise by coming to LifeChurch.tv Owasso this past December. They walked into that room, and at the end of the service, he raised his hand and said, I want to commit my life to following Jesus Christ. As Tommy and Melissa were sharing their story, the only question that Tommy had is, when can I get baptized? As I sat there listening to their story, being blown away at what God has done in their life, a couple of things stood out. Melissa stood out, his wife, as she sat there and said, you know what, out of this terrible, terrible circumstance, God was able to do so much more than we ever even imagined he would be able to do. I could not believe that not only has God miraculously healed this man's body, he has done more in the fact that he and his family are forever changed. LifeChurch.tv, God is changing lives here, and I am excited to be a part of it. You know, I, I love when God takes something that is a, um, is a true tragedy and then does something that only he can do and bring something uh, really good out of it. In fact, um, one of my favorite verses in all of, of Scripture, Romans 8, 28, says that we know that in all things, and that word all is a really 
big and important word, not just in some things, but in all things. Some of you right now, you're in the middle of an all thing, something that you, you wouldn't choose. Uh, and the good news is our God is so good that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And, and I love in this story that um, out of a tragedy in, Tom's, um, in uh, Tommy's life, God does something that is incredibly good, just like a, a powerful story in the Old Testament. Uh, if you're familiar with the story of Joseph, uh, there's a young guy who is betrayed by his brothers, uh, which is really, really bad. He's uh, thrown into a pit to be left to die really, really bad. Then the nice brother says, let's not kill him or leave him for dead. Let's just sell him into slavery. Really, really bad. Then he's falsely accused, a crime he didn't commit, and he's put into prison. Really, really bad. And through an incredibly odd series of events, when he's interpreting a dream, God elevates him to be the second in charge over all of Egypt. And suddenly, through this weird series of really bad and painful events, he's able to help during a famine to feed hundreds and hundreds of people and literally save thousands of lives. And years later, when his brothers come back and, and look at him, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is you. We, we've messed up in such a big way. He says something that's so incredible. He says, what you all meant for evil, God used for good. Some of you right now, you're going through something that's really, really, really hard, and you can't see anything good that could ever come out of it. What I want you to know is our God is so good that one day I believe that you'll look back in this very difficult time and say, I can see the good hand of God. Our God is so big, he does a new thing, and he can bring good even out of the worst things that we go through in life. In fact, this is what scripture says. Isaiah 43 verse 19, God says, behold. God says, hey, check it out. Everybody look. Behold. He says, I'm doing a what? Let's all say it aloud, all of our churches. God says, I'm doing a new thing. I need all of you. Come on, everybody work with me. He says, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Our God is doing new things all over the world. I want to tell you about a new thing that God is doing uh, through churches today that we're very honored to be a part of. Uh, a little over five years ago, a, uh, a small group of people from a rural town um, in my home state, Oklahoma, a little community called Ada, Oklahoma, they came to us and said, we'd like to use uh, your videos, your weekend teaching, for example, what we're talking about like right now, we'd like to use it in our church. We'd like to start a church and use that. Can we do it? And we're like, I suppose so. They said, well, how much money do we need to pay you to use it? We're like, we're not going to take any money, just use it. Well, this little church um, grew into several hundred people, and suddenly other churches around the world started to say, could we use this teaching too? And so we created a, a new category of churches that um, had never been around before. We call them network churches. Every week you'll hear me welcome our network churches. And when I'm doing that, I'm talking to hundreds of churches from around the world. They're separate churches. These are not live churches, but they watch the very same message that you're watching right now. They use the, the Life Kids curriculum and the small group curriculum and the student stuff, and we give it to them. We're honored, so honored, to give it away completely for free. What's mind-boggling to me is we're now seeing about, on average, six new network churches per month 
joining our Network Church family from all over the United States, but even beyond. In fact, even right now, at this moment, I want to tell you, we've got Network Churches from Japan and South Africa and the West Indies and Romania and Nigeria and the Philippines and Honduras and Guatemala and Canada and Bolivia and Austria and Peru and Indonesia and the Czech Republic. And I'm telling you what, this is something new that God is doing. And I want you to thank God that we get to be a part of this. In fact, I want you to hear from Pastor Terry, who leads a separate church. This is not a life church. This is a, a network church. This one's called Lifeway Church, and it's in a town of only 5,000 people, total population. This church is less than two years old. In a town of 5,000 people, they're already reaching over 500 people. Over 10% of this town is in this very young church. I call this story a new way of doing church. Hi, my name is Pastor Terry Payne. I'm the network pastor of Lifeway Church. I just want to say we're so thankful for everything Life Church is doing. You know, we've been going now for less than two years, and we've seen 143 people come to know Christ. And it's just amazing to see lives change every single weekend. And one particular story I'd like to share is about a lady, a dear friend of mine named Nancy. The very first Sunday she came, I see her hand shoot up when we did the altar call, and she accepted Christ as her Savior. And, and I caught Nancy afterwards and I said, Nancy, I said, uh, when's the last time you've been to church? She said, Terry, it's been 50 years. And I said, and how old are you, Nancy? She told me I'm 70 years old, Terry. And it's just since that point, we've become close friends. She's now served on our host team. She's involved in a life group. And it's amazing to see God change lives. Um, so I just would like to say thank you so much, Life Church, for everything you do. Every time you hear Pastor Craig welcome network churches, there's so many network churches and people that are so grateful for what you guys are doing. He's talking to us. So we thank you, we love you, and for all your support. Pastor Terry and, um, and all of our network pastors and those of you at our network churches in countries around the world, we want you to know we love you so much. We consider it one of the highest privileges that we have to partner with you because we truly believe um, that the local church is the hope of the world and that we can do more together than we can apart. And um, we celebrate that. I love uh, the fact that a 70-year-old um, lady comes to know Christ. A lot of people say, well, you know, once you're that age, you're not going to reach them. You know, there's, you know they're, they're stuck in their ways or whatever. And I, I want you to know, man, nobody is out of the reach of God. And I, I just want to encourage you to, to keep praying and praying and praying for people to find new life in Christ. In fact, I've talked about this before, but I want to say it again because it's really important. Um, what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. I want you to think about it. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. If all you do is pray for yourself, for those around you, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me, God bless us for no more. You know, if that's what you pray for, what you're basically saying is, is I believe God primarily exists to meet my needs. If you don't pray at all, what does that say? That says you really either don't believe in God or don't believe that he's active or involved in this world. If you don't pray much, that says something. If, um, if you say, well, oh my gosh, things are bad. Okay, so all we can do now is help me out. All, of it, all we can do now is pray. pray. What you're saying there, whether you realize it or not, is that God is a last resort and not a real hope-filled one at all. 
Because God's like, well, you're down to me now. You're in trouble, you know. That's all you got left, baby. You know, it's, it's, things are not looking good. What you pray for reflects what you believe. I would ask you just for fun to think about this. If everything you prayed for in the last week came true, if God just went, oh, man, I'm really happy with you. Check, yep, check, yep. Another one, yep, yep, oh, yeah, yep. And said yes to everything you prayed for. Ask yourself, what would be different in the world today? For some people, it wouldn't be anything. For some, it would be just maybe your life. For others of you, God would be bringing revivals in churches and impacting communities. And there would be uh, orphans being adopted around the world. And there would be those who are in need, uh, that, are, that their needs are being met. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. And I really want to encourage you to be a church full of people that pray. In fact, this next story is all about the power of prayer. Uh, I want to go to Pastor Brian Bruss from the Northwest Oklahoma City. And that is the title of this story, The Power of Prayer. Thanks, Craig. My story from our campus is about a guy named Miguel. And Miguel faithfully serves in our switch ministry and our kids ministry here at the campus. And Miguel's story starts like this. One night, he was in his living room, flipping through the channels on TV, lands on MTV about a documentary that they do on guys that are in prison and their life, how they got there, etc. And God lays it on his heart to pray for this man who he's watching in the story named Chaz. So Miguel thinks that's kind of strange, <laughs> but he starts praying for him. And for weeks and even months afterwards, he's praying for Chaz. And when he would let up, he would literally feel God say, no, I want you to continue to pray for Chaz. In fact, pray for even more. Pray that you have an opportunity to minister into this guy's life. And so once again, as strange as that was, Miguel keeps praying and is faithful to praying for this guy he saw on TV that was in prison out in California. So one night, Miguel's coming to church. He's meeting his friends, and he walks in, walks down, worship's already going, and uh, as he gets to his row where his friends are sitting, he looks down, and on the end of that row, guess who is standing right there? Chaz, the guy that he's been praying for for months. So Miguel does a double take, a triple take, and the tears start to flow as he cannot believe that this man that he's been praying for for all these months, God has brought him to his same church a few seats down the row. So he listens uh, to the message, is, is, is just in an incredible place, obviously spiritually, emotionally, walks up to Chaz afterwards and lets Chaz know that he's been praying for him for all these months and actually enters into a, uh, a, a discipling kind of relationship with him and is able to make a difference in his life. Isn't it amazing? when we're obedient and we believe in the power of prayer, what God can do. Is our God amazing or what? I mean, that's just like, that's like a one-handed clap thing, right? Pop! Wow. That's, that's how good our God is. If you want to just sit back and imagine how in the world could you ever humanly pull off a story like that where you're watching a guy on TV and God gives you a heart to pray for this person. We're talking a guy, massive number of states away. Then one day you walk into your own church at your own campus on the right day to the right service 
and sit in the right row just a few people down from the very guy that God put it on your heart to pray for. I came here to tell somebody that prayer is powerful. Prayer works, and we need to be people of prayer because some of you have someone in your life that you've just kind of written off saying they're too far from God. I'm here to tell you that sometimes those that look the farthest are actually the closest. That those who look like they're on the run are on the run from something and in a moment they can be running to God. You pray, you pray, you pray, you pray. In fact, I tell you with all my heart, the one reason I'm doing what I'm doing today is because there were a few guys in college that picked me day number one and could tell I was a troublemaker and a hellraiser and whatever else, and they invited me to their cheesy little Bible study, and I said, I'm not going to the Bible study, where's the beer? And they said, we're gonna be praying for you. I'm like, you better pray because you're making me mad. And they prayed and prayed and prayed, and somehow in the middle of my sin, when I looked very, very far from God, looked like I didn't care at all, and I started hurting and started feeling alone and started feeling the guilty, all of a sudden I started feeling drawn to God. And when I started to pray on my own and then called out to him and then went public and said, I want to be a follower of Jesus, these guys came up to me here two years later and said, we want you to know we prayed for you every single day. And suddenly the guys I made fun of became some of my best friends because the power of prayer works. And I'm telling you, I love those guys with all my heart. They took time to pray for me. And I want to encourage you, pray, 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 pray. Pray like the persistent widow in Luke 18. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep on believing. I know a lot of you are praying for, um, for new life churches. In fact, last week, um, we got to hear uh, about some of them that were, uh, that were coming. We've got one coming in Jinx, Oklahoma, which um, uh, prayerfully will be open in uh, early summer. Uh, we've got one in Moore, Oklahoma, that will uh, hopefully be open by Christmas time. We've got one just outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area in, uh, in Keller, Texas, that will be breaking ground on soon. We're working on three more potential locations uh, negotiating. Even now, that would be six um, new locations that we believe, by faith, we're going to pay cash for. We're just going to save up the money, put it aside, live beneath our means, pay cash as we go because you guys are incredibly generous. I believe there could be a day where there could be one new um, church opening every single month or so. It sounds crazy and even hard to uh, wrap my mind around, but I believe that could be absolutely possible. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? I want to share with you a, uh, a story from a one-year-old campus, okay? They've existed for one year, just celebrated their one-year-old um, anniversary. They meet in an old grocery store because God can work anywhere, even in what used to be the frozen food aisle. And this is Pastor Derek Jewell from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I call this story New Life Church Campus. Hey, Life Church, this is Derek coming to you from Life Church Broken Arrow, our brand new campus. I'm telling you what, we just celebrated our one year anniversary. And what God has done here in 12 short months is absolutely miraculous. We are seeing over 4,000 people every single weekend. On top of that, even better than that, we've seen over 1,600 people give their life to Christ. They are made new in Christ Jesus. I can go down the row and tell you story after story about what God is doing in our community. I say thank you, but more than that, 
There's a whole lot of people here who want to say thank you for your generosity, giving above and beyond the tithe to spaces and places to make our campus possible. We say thank you. Let me hear you out there. I was just there and they were louder than you can imagine. You guys are incredibly on fire. And when we hear this kind of story, I really believe sometimes we, we cannot comprehend um, what this means. Over 4,000 people worshiping in a one-year-old church is unheard of across the world. This is a New Testament miracle that only God could do. They started with two services and then made an audible, added a third the next week. The next week they added a fourth. Then they waited a month before adding their fifth. This crazy group now has eight services every single weekend just to get the people in, turning people away at some of the services because you won't get out at the 10 and 11.30, but you will because the Holy Spirit is going to make room for those who need Christ when you go to the early service or Saturday night where all the smart people go or Sunday evening, which is an incredibly cool place to be. Uh, we thank God for 1,600 people in one year at one Life Church campus giving their lives to Christ. I need somebody in our churches to give it up for God and thank him for new life in Christ. Let me, uh, let, let me, let me bring this baby home and um, raise some questions. What, why, and how? What, why, and how? Everybody say what? what? Everybody say why? why? Everybody say how? how? What, why, and how? What is it that we're called by God to do? Let's keep it really, really simple. Jesus gave us clearly the what. He said in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, uh, right after the resurrection, before he ascends to heaven, he says, therefore go. Everybody say go. go. He said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. This is an active calling that God gives us as the church. We don't just open the doors and wait for people to come to church, we take the gospel to them. We show the love of Jesus and in a very aggressive way. We go and make disciples. We're helping people not to become a part of a denomination or to join a church. We're helping people to become fully devoted followers or disciples of Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. They're fully devoted followers that when we know him, our lifestyles change. That's the what. Uh, that's the what. What about the why? Why do we do this? The why is clear, and the answer is God's love. God's love for people is the why. Second Peter 3.9 says the Lord is patient with you. I don't know if you're thankful for the patience of God, but oh my goodness, I am thankful for his enduring patience with me. The Lord is patient with with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Great Commission is the what. His love is the why. But guess what God never shows us is the how. He never says, this is how I want you to do it. I want you to go. I want you to get it done. Here's the why. But he never says, this is the exact way I want you to do it. That's why at Life Church we love to say that we'll do anything short of sin 
to reach people who don't know Christ. We take it so seriously. There are not parameters as to how. So as far as we can tell, we'll do anything but sin in order to reach people who don't know Christ. And we love to say, in order to reach people that no one's reaching, we're going to have to what? If you know it, say it loud. We're going to have to do things no one is doing. And as a church, we are very passionate about using technology and breaking through with innovation to reach people that no one else is reaching by doing things that no one else is doing. When you give to digital missions, you're giving to help network churches, something that is brand spanking new. You're giving to help give the Bible away, some 83 million U versions given away already to date, totally and completely free, leveraging technology to get the word out. And you're also giving to what we call Church Online. We were honored to create. Uh, the world's first church online, a tool that was so effective that churches around the world said, how can we um, have this? We can't build it. We don't know how. It was so expensive to build a prototype that there were 10 other churches that came together and gave an offering to Life Church for our team to build a platform to now give away, and now there are thousands of churches using for free the platform that our team built with the generosity of other churches helping out to reach people around the world. Through Church Online, I want to tell you that in the last year, we touched people from 20, 224 countries and territories. We touched over 4.3 five million unique visitors with the gospel around the world. And that's why I want you to hear from our church online pastor. His name is Pastor Alan George. And this story is called Go Into All the World. Thank you so much, Pastor Craig. You know, God is doing some amazing things here at Church Online. Let me just share one quick story. We had a young man who was living in the Philippines. He was just in a bad place in life. He was struggling with depression, so much so that he decided to commit suicide. Well, for some reason, he ended up finding Church Online and he landed up on our site. He began to see the worship. He began to hear the teaching of the Word of God. And he started asking questions to our volunteers saying, what's this about? And our volunteers began to talk to him. Well, he realized he needed some prayer. And so he got into the one-on-one -on -one live prayer. And one of our volunteers began to talk to him and pray with him. Well, God did something wonderful right then and there in that live prayer situation. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. And it doesn't end there. He was so excited. He wanted to know if he had anyone that he could connect with in the Philippines. So sure enough, we went online, got on Facebook, got connected with our Life Church partner, our network church there in the Philippines, got the two of them introduced, and now he is connected with that church and his life is completely changed. Today, that young man is alive because of digital missions and what God can do using technology. I'll tell you, we serve an amazing God. We serve an amazing God, a God who makes a way when no one else sees a way. We serve a God who makes all things new. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. All of our churches, let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the new life available to us through your son, Jesus. We pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to people who are hurting today. All of our churches as we think back about what we've heard about today, the verses, uh, God's Word, and those, who, uh, those stories, we've, ha we've heard some pretty dramatic stories. Uh, a guy in a motorcycle accident that shouldn't have lived, 
but he lives and finds new life in Christ. Uh, a 70-year-old lady who after 50 years comes back to church, her life's transformed. A guy in prison in another state who wanders into church and meets the guy who's praying for him, his life is transformed. A guy um, in another country who meets Christ through church online after planning on taking his life, and that now is a part of a network church. It truly the power of our God. In all of our churches, there are some of you, you may be in, in a tough spot right now. It may not be as extreme as some of those stories. It may be more extreme. But you're in a place where you really need to experience the presence and the power of God, just like those that we heard about. There may not seem to be a way you need a God who can make a way. All of our different churches, if you need prayer today, It'd be my great honor just to pray for you. Would you lift up your hands right now? Something going on in your life, in the life of someone you love, you need a touch from God. There are hands at all of our churches. God, today I lift up uh, my friends and church family. And God, I ask that when we are weak, that you would be strong through us. God, I thank you that you're a God that works in all things to bring about good. And God, I know in the middle of the bad, we often can't see the good. I pray that over time, God, because of your goodness and your grace, that we could truly see you bringing good about those things that are so difficult in the moment. God, we ask that you would build our faith today as you're present. God, because you're here, I know your Holy Spirit comforts us. And God, in your presence, we're healed, we're transformed. God, I pray that you would show your love, your new compassions every single day to those who are in need, we'd experience your grace, God, and your goodness as we all pray together. As you keep praying today in, a, in an attitude just of worship, nobody looking around at all of our, uh, at all of our different churches, um, I believe some of you are here today because you really do need what we've talked about. It's time to become a new person. Not just a better person, but new in Christ. I'm not going to ask you to conform or change your behavior. You come to Christ just as you are. The Bible never says, hey, turn over a new leaf. Try harder. Turn over a new leaf. Instead, you're going to find a new life in Christ. The reality is none of us are good enough for the presence of God. We've all sinned. But when we call on Jesus, the old is gone, and behold, everything becomes new. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be made new at all of our different churches. There are those of you, you, you know that God brought you here for this moment. You can sense it, just like when those guys were praying for me and something was drawing me toward God, something is drawing you toward God. You may find there's been people praying for you because it's time for you to know the goodness of God. All of our different churches, those of you who would say, you know what, I need him, I need his grace, I need his forgiveness today by faith, I give my life to him. Would you lift your hands high right now? At all of our different churches, lift your hands and say, yes, that's my prayer. I give my life to him. Those of you at church online from countries all over the world, just like our friend from the Philippines, you may be here today. Click on the link below me. And would you all just pray with those around you? Pray, Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. Make me brand new. I believe. Jesus died for me, and he rose again so I could live for you. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. 
In Jesus' name I pray. All of our different churches, can you guys celebrate in a big way, worship big, worship loud. Welcome those today born into God's family.